Welcome to Joy Sounds, music you need to know, presenting the brightest emerging and breaking artists. This podcast is about who's next and who you will want to follow. And who knows, you might discover your next favorite artist. Here's your host, Chris Sampson. Thank you so much, and it's great to be back with another episode of Joy Sounds, music you need to know. We here at Joy Sounds continue to wish all of our listeners good health and good thoughts as we all navigate this pandemic. Hang in there, everybody. On today's show, we feature the timeless and classic sounds of Laura Jean Anderson. I had such a great time with this episode because Laura Jean immediately dispensed with any small talk, and we got right to discussing how her strict religious upbringing and a very serious vocal injury shaped her as a person and as an artist. I think her story is one that a lot of artists and creatives can relate to. During the show, Laura Jean performs three songs live from the Joy Sound Studio. She performs Lonesome No More, You, and Who Am I to You. This turned out to be among my favorite episodes, and I hope you enjoy it. As always, let's get started with some music. Here is Laura Jean Anderson performing Lonesome No More on Joy Sounds. Please don't go Cause I ain't lonesome 
And that was Laura Jean Anderson performing Lonesome No More on Joy Sounds. And it's my pleasure to welcome to the Joy Sounds studio, Laura Jean Anderson. Welcome. Thank you. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Do you prefer to go by Laura or Laura Jean? You know, most people call me LJ. LJ. LJ, nice and short. What a beautiful song. Ah, thank you. Yeah, and I can tell you've got an amazing reverence for songwriting traditions, Mm -hmm. musical traditions, and what did you listen to? (laughs) What went into all of that? Because it's deep. It's deep. I I can hear hear the dust, you know, Mm. on your songwriting. It's really awesome. Ah, thanks. You know, I grew up in, like many people, learning how to sing from church. So I think Mm. a lot of those Mm. old chords in the church I grew up, they there was no you couldn't have electric instruments. You couldn't even have a guitar. It was Uh, just Mm -hmm. just singing. Yeah. Maybe piano (laughs) and an organ. So I think those things seeped into me and mixed with I became obsessed with like the records from the 60s and 70s. My dad would play them because because they had drums. And oh guitars. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, "What is this? This is amazing!" It's a breakthrough. Yeah, this is, I felt like I was like a 50s kid being like <laughs> like hearing rock and roll for mm-hmm, the first time. Mm-hmm. But I've just always had like a love for those old traditions and any sort of traditional songwriting. Sometimes it doesn't need to even have like a, a time stamp on it, and that's what I that's love right. about it. Yeah. Like. I love songs where you could hear it and go, that could have been performed in the 1920s or 2020, and it's just a classic song. How did you go from, you know, this listening, it sounds Mm -hmm. like you kind of almost put yourself through school, um, listening to all this. When did the switch flip and you decide to actually start writing it yourself? I think, again, it all had to do with church. Like, I learned how to sing in church, but then hated everything I was hearing in Uh, church. Yeah. And I grew up I grew up Mormon, so it was a very uh, strict lifestyle. And I just remember feeling like I couldn't speak what I really was feeling, like mm. when I was going through. I remember have these early memories of being like, so there's like a whole tier of power in Mormonism with right. like the prophets and all these things. Yeah. Not like I think I was eleven or something. I was like, I don't understand why like I couldn't be one of those. Like why? And and I asked my mom that reasonable question. And she was just like she just like bit her lip and was like, I don't know, honey. I can't give you an answer because women can't be a part of that. And so that kind of yeah. like started churning and I, I felt this like need to express myself, but felt like I couldn't. Yeah. So I started writing songs and they were my little secrets. Like I could put anything in a song if I masked it. And I could I could even play it at like in the living room with a family member and they'd have no idea what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was my little poetic secret that I could actually speak what I was dealing with. And, right. And still everybody could yeah. go, oh, that sounds nice. Yeah. But it's, it's uh, your little <laughs> Little act- did you know. <laughs> <laughs> A little act of rebellion. Huh? Yeah. I'm intrigued by this backstory because mm. I think that questioning of religion and mm-hmm. religious beliefs is so much of artistic and artist stories. Absolutely. Because they have to wrestle with what you think is true what might be true? Why mm. is that? And it becomes kind of a, a real motivation for 
for artists. I still feel like I'm so deeply affected by being raised in such an intense religion that mm -hmm. you kind of forget and then things happen and you go, whoa. Like, I like you don't realize that you're, that you've been like trained, your brain has been trained. But at the same time, and it, you know, sometimes I'm just like, God damn it, why, why? Like, wouldn't it be nice to just like grow up with these like liberal views, like you can do whatever you want type of thing. <laughs> but then I'm like, they <laughs> probably wouldn't have made music. I think like in a lot of religions, in a lot of people who are in them or out of them, it's very much like you're in it, you're devout, you're doing the thing or you're out. And you hate uh, it. And there's like a yeah. super negative attitude towards it. Mm. And I don't really feel either because of music. I think if I didn't have music, I maybe would feel that way. But it's what fueled me. So I feel really grateful. And I also think it's because I was the, the kid singing in church all the time. Yeah. People kind of expected, oh, you're going to pursue music. They thought I was going to be in the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Right. Not not really my 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 path, but it did kind of give me this really beautiful this acceptance, I think, from people going, "Okay, you're following this path." And nice. although it's not the path that is righteous or whatever, at yeah. least they, I don't know. I feel like I got a little bit of an out. <laughs> yeah, but and you're in right. In a strange it was, way. And it was probably music that provided yeah. that path. And I also think like in the same way that I feel about religion or organizations I feel about like the country and this division and how whatever we can do to just not be an us and them type of thing like mm. living in a gray area living in a nuanced space I think people are really afraid of that especially in this era yeah and so any opportunity you can do to kind of bridge that and not be like I'm in or I'm out or yeah. I'm I hate that or I love that. Obviously, be strong in what you believe in. Yeah. But if there's an opportunity to kind of talk about that gray area and talk to people about these things, yeah. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. And art can do that. And that's awesome. Absolutely. It seems to me that there's been the lost art of nuance. Yeah. Of understanding yeah. that it's not just this binary on off. Yeah. It, you know, there are these nuances to it. Are you red or you blue? You know? Yeah. 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 It's I find that way too with going for this like artistry thing, like being like, okay, I'm going to be a songwriter. I'm going to be a musical artist. That people want you to tell them to boil you down into this like tiniest version. Right. Like I call it the one right. sentence niche. Like what is your one sentence niche? Yep. Constantly ask for that. Which is or like- what lane are you in? Yeah. Yes. All those things, which does kind of kill the nuance of a lot of people. And when I think of a lot of songwriters or artists in the past that I really look up to- I think, wow, like their lives, there was so much to them and you could feel that from one record and then feel a different thing from another record. Mm -hmm. You didn't have to get this boiled down version of everything that this person is in one in one verse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of this pressure to do right now, you know? Right. So the song Lonesome No More that you just so beautifully performed mm. for us is the title track off of I think your most recent record, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Talk to us a little bit about that record because it's so, again, it's so rich mm. and it's got, talk about layers and nuances yeah. to it. Yeah, that record was was a really cool experience making. I, I think a, a lot of the themes were kind of in that nuance and then the layeredness and a lot of the songs are kind of meant to, when you first listen, go, oh, it's a heartbreak song. Oh, it's a love song. 
but there are none of those. <laughs> and so the song Lonesome No More, it's like, no, you're you're lonesome. <laughs> you know? It's got of that like uh, When you say it that many times, yeah, you're lonesome. Like yeah. it's like, no, 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 I, I'm not lonesome. I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, when people say that. There's a lot of those themes and there was a lot more songs that went into it. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, we kind of boiled them down and, and made them into an eight song. What do you call an eight song? Is it EP slash record? Sure. I just call it a record. Whatever. Yeah, there you go. But um, it was a long process. <laughs> yeah, as, as they I'm are. Like, I'm going back to thinking about making that record because I'm in the midst of making another one that I'm like, <laughs> wait, that? Oh, I did that. God, I told myself I'd never do that again. <laughs> but here you are. But here I am. Are you finding that your processes have evolved or changed between the two records, the one you're working on now and Lonesome No More? It has evolved. I think I'm still coming across the same roadblocks, which are really simple. It's just people's time. Yeah, yeah. I had a a professor once tell me, like, the hardest thing that you'll face with being a musician musician is getting people in the same room. Once you get people in the same room, you'll make shit happen. Yeah. I have a belief of, like, every song has a spirit. When you write it, you feel it. When you perform it, and yeah, it can be long lasting. But there is a magic when you when you capture that. Yes. And in my ideal world, and which is possible with technology, you could capture that, and you could literally put it out the next day with with That's with right. all the stuff that you have. And so when things take a while, my brain starts to feel a little crazy. <laughs> That's definitely what happened in the last record, where it was. You know, I think maybe we would have put all the songs on there if if we just did it, you know? Yeah. But yeah. sometimes you overthink things and I'm I'm trying really hard to just let go a little more with music. I think I care so much. Sure. Which I think is good, but sometimes the caring so much can actually get in the way of just the freedom of music. When I think back at the Lonesome Noah record, I think a lot about like that was super cool. I had a lot of amazing experiences, a lot of really cool people played on the record. Every song was recorded very differently from like me programming in my room to live to tape to like a live band to digital. Like every song is a completely different wow. thing. It's wow. like its own world. That's very cool and hard to tie together as a, <laughs> as a record too. Yeah, yeah. And we I had so much fun making it, but I think also, again, the time, you know? Yeah. I just, I think every, every artist feels that way where you're like, like you're always you're on to the next thing always. You're always. like, oh, this I love the last song I wrote, you know. With all the programming, with all the details that you take care of in the studio, it sounds like your live experience is almost a different experience altogether. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. I really like it that way and I'd get a lot of <laughs> like feedback about not doing you know, doing something different, either changing, but I just Do people do people say, Why don't you just play it like the record? People will say that or people often say, why don't you play it like your live show more often? Often I think it's people who've like friends or family who've seen you only in that setting. So it's hard for them to hear like more of a modern produced. But I do, there's, there's a part of it where if you can capture something in this with using these like really awesome modern tools and you can still capture like a rawness. Yeah. That's amazing. But I just, I love playing live. Like I'm one of those people who plays like five nights a week. Like I've since I came mm. out here in in some way, shape, or form, and it's my like freedom time. It's my time where I don't have to think about things. I nice. don't have to think about the production and the this and like all that stuff goes away, and I'm just so present. I think that's why they end up sounding a little bit different. Is I just want to make it like I often play with like a trio. Okay, and like there's not much zhuzh to it. It's just drums, <laughs> bass guitar, vocals. Yeah. Like, 
simple. So there's no string parts and there's no this and that, but it brings it back to just the original emotion and feeling of the song. Mm-hmm. And I love that experience. It's like my it's my time to just be in the moment and and feel what the song actually means, yeah. not how does my voice sound when it's recorded on this microphone or how you know you don't think about any of that. I'd love for you to play another song for us if you'd be up for it. Absolutely. So uh the next one you, you uh, dialed up is you. Mhm. Uh tell us a little bit about this one. It's it's actually we just recorded it. It's unreleased. I originally wrote this song it's like as kind of again I was in before like there's this kind of oh, is this just kind of a single layer, like wanting love song? When Mm -hmm. I kind of originally wrote it for some person that I was like, I need you. (laughs) We're meant to be together. But it's funny that it completely shifted and it is now, for me, that song is about self-love. And it's about like feeding your own soul. And because it's like, you could hold me in your arms. You, but I'm really just talking to myself and how songs like that sometimes can just really help you get through Shit, because you're just like, okay, not to be stubborn and say, I don't need anybody, but to like really sit back and go, okay, if you can, if you can find that self-love, then you can love other people. You can find love once you find that self-love. Yeah. Whether that's romantic love or, or friendship or family, whatever, like, or just living in love, finding that self-love first can be such a beautiful experience. And so- that's kind of what the song means to me, which now, which it didn't start, it started completely. I'm so opposite. grateful it took this turn. This is Laura Jean Anderson performing You on Joy Sounds. High and lonely, feeling like a nobody, searching for somebody to ease your mind. Strong, I want you 
That was You by Laura Jean Anderson. And I have to say, your voice is beautiful. <laughs> Thank it's you. It's striking. It Thank really you. is. It just it just has that incredible floating quality. Mm. I was looking around on your website mm-hmm. a little bit, and uh, you were very open that you had a vocal injury that yeah. sounded like it maybe jeopardized your ability to sing at all is what I picked up from. Is totally. that true? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just uh, recovered like as of a couple months ago. So No kidding. So this really is recent. New, yeah. Oh my goodness. Um Yeah, it was a really tough thing. I it was one of those things where I started was like something's weird, something's This came off of I had like a sinus infection that didn't go away and mm. then I had surgery and it left me with this cough. And the cough then just gigging five, you know, yes. on top of it and all that yeah. stuff. Started noticing something funny, went into the doctor and they told me like my vocal cords were totally fine. So I was like, okay, well, that's my worst fear. So at least yeah. my, I don't have my worst fear. My vocal cords are fine. I'm good. And I went to like an ENT. I didn't, I didn't know anything at the, at the time, but it was everything was months and months kept going by. It wasn't mm. normal. I would just completely lose my voice. It was mm. just, I sounded mm. like, I had just like, hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Then got into like an actual voice doctor and they were like, Oh no, you you have a straight up. I had polyps. And they had to do the scope and everything to be able to, to see scope, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, basically, I had to be on like total vocal rest, and uh, it was this really up in the air for like months. Like, am I going to have surgery or not? Am I going to have surgery or not? And I really, really didn't want to have surgery because just many reasons. You yeah, know, I, yeah. I, if, if I can avoid it, of course. Um, so I went into full crazy mode, like just like I mean, I had to completely quit everything. I just like. Had to eat all the right foods. You couldn't, couldn't, you couldn't do anything. Yeah. Oh, I, the list of foods that are off the list. Yeah. When you, for vocalists. Yeah. It's like, yeah. What no a, coffee. What, no drinking. What's, what's nothing. left? <laughs> you no know, garlic and onion. That was a hard one. It was a really, really crazy experience for me mm. because more than all the stuff of just like not being able to sing or like, I think you anybody can go can can tap into something and go, okay, this is what I need to do to get better. And you can just like tap in that willpower and go, okay, not eating these foods, cool. That's fine, not eating. That stuff is all, I think, more manageable for people. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it mentally just like completely turned my world around. Just- I can imagine. Did a number on me because I, I didn't really realize my relationship to voice and not even just like my actual voice, but to like, that feeling of voice back yeah. to like what we were talking earlier yeah. it's like my singing has always been my way of expression my way of telling my truth i feel fearless when i sing more so than when i speak it was just a really interesting thing and then also realizing like everything i do in life is singing of some sort wow <laughs> everything boy i bet I, that that was just a reality yeah. that all of a sudden just landed with yeah. you yeah i start, so i write, started writing like these letters to my voice and I started, I was really ashamed by it. I was really ashamed that because I was like, oh, I must have done something. Yeah. Like, this is my fault. It was like all of this guilt. And then like, turns out like a lot of vocal cord injuries and, and mine we think is, was literally like a cough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was like yeah. a really, really bad cough mixed with obviously like pushing it. But what I started to notice was 
nobody talks about it. Every right. singer is like so scared about it. And so I decided, I was like, I'm just going to post something on social media just because I this is my way of like expressing what I'm going through. So I did. And I just got flooded with people in the community mm. being like, I went through the same thing. Thank you for like talking about it. And I just realized like, this is such a thing that nobody talks about. And, and because the voice is so much so much tied to like our emotions and who oh, we yeah. are. Absolutely. That it really does all this psychological stuff, but it was a really amazing thing to hear other people's stories. People who had surgery, who didn't have surgery, all these things and get this amazing support to know that like if you're a singer, you're an athlete too, like you have to take yeah. care of yourself. It's a yeah. whole other world. But it started really getting my brain into these really like I I, got, I entered like a crazy depression. Mm. It was really intense. Yeah. And but it really helped. Did you me. share that? Did you share that as well at the time? Or uh, no? Yeah, I, I didn't. That's no, a, that's a different level of sharing. Yeah. You know. So I think like I needed to be strong for everybody. So when people saw me, that I was understand. just like, I understand. I'm I'm good. I'm doing <laughs> what I'm doing. I'm fine. You know. Yeah. I think purpose is a really interesting thing in people's lives and feeling like they have purpose and everyone has their own version of that. And some people never right. find that. But with growing up in a religion, you're born to think this is your purpose. Here's your answers. This yep. is where you go when you die. Yeah. This is why you're here. And so when I took that out, there was this void that if you never had that, you would mm. never feel the void. Mm. So from an early age, I was shoving that void with with singing. Yeah. And writing and playing. And and then as I grew older, it was other things, you know, like yeah. just bad things, good things. It could be like excessive, crazy, like exercise person, or it could be drinking or it could be sex it could be what all these things that you fill this void with right right um and this was the first time in my life where every vice had to be taken out you know if you're like the vice of like i'm feeling shitty i'm gonna go sing my ass off on some jazz gig nope nope so singing was gone a lot of music was gone like food indulging exercise like you name it every vice that i had disappeared and I realized, whoa, like we are all these really exposed yes. people yeah. and none of those things actually will ever fill us up. Yeah, Music actually won't ever fill me up, which is was a really dark realization. But on the other side of it, what I realized is like music is more than music. Uh -huh. it's, not, it's not about how pretty my voice is. It's not about guitar. It's about nothing but like the emotion you're trying to get across. Right. And I'm still like sinking with that feeling of like, there's a void yeah. because of that religious thing. And I'm trying to figure out it's it's all personal work, I guess, or yeah, you know, no, yeah. mindfulness, however you want to think about it. I get the sense that you're still sort of unpacking and unraveling yeah. a lot mm -hmm. of these things. I know it from personal experience, mm -hmm. and I've worked with a lot of musicians when all of a sudden this thing, music, which has been your identity mm -hmm. for so long, is Absolutely. all of a sudden uh, compromised or threatened or even non-existent. Yeah. And all of a sudden your identity is taken away, mm -hmm. and uh, it, uh, it that's a real yeah. thing. It's a really hard yeah. thing, and it sounds like you're still just sort of fresh on the other side yeah. of this. Yeah. Wow. And there's there was there's a definitely like I'm learning how to not be fearful again. I think that's fear was a huge thing. Sure. Like 
<clears throat> even this, like, I would be so afraid to just be here talking because right? I feel like I'm just getting over that hump. Has it realigned priorities? And mm. let's go back to that word yeah. purpose. Uh, has it has it sort of changed what you think is your identity? Totally. Yeah. It, one, it made me realize that if I had any doubt before, there's no purpose in that. Like yeah. I just, I want to do this. It, it's been tested. Now yeah. you know. Yeah, and I and I think it also just made me shift the way that I write, specifically lyrics, where I just I want everything to really feel poignant mm-hmm. and truthful. Mm-hmm. I think I've always wanted that, but I think it just it put it kind of flipped things into perspective and and kind of made me. I guess get a little more serious about it, which on the flip side, something I'm trying to like do is that let go, you know, I still have that thing. Like (laughs) I had like a three hour jazz gig last night where like, yeah, I used to just go to the jazz gig, sing my heart out, like have a good time, like eat a hamburger, drink a beer, everything's good. (laughs) And now I'm like really thinking about my voice. Yep. And I know I've talked to a lot of singers who that eventually I'll never be back to that. Yeah. I'll never, I'll never be like full freedom. I'm going to go out and drink all night. I'm going to do this and sing, sing till 4 a.m. with all my friends. Like, I won't be like that. But there's also got to be a balance of like not when you're singing, just thinking about the song, not thinking about. Right. That's been the hardest thing. Getting back into it is going like, I'm very cautious. Yeah. Yeah. You know. You've signed on for a lifestyle. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I think yeah, and I think that that's probably the reality of that Mm -hmm. is uh, you're starting to wrap your head around Mm -hmm. that. It's such a funny thing because it's like my whole community is like rock music, jazz music, songwriters, Uh totally different lifestyle. Right, lifestyle. (laughs) Go live your life. Do you stay out late? Drink what you want. Smoke what you want. That is my community. Yeah. So it's been a really big shift going, okay. I'm calling it early, guys. Calling it early, guys. (laughs) But, uh, and that was what like really, I was so mad about it at first. I was Mm -hmm. like, I just want to go out and be free. And then I realized like, you can redefine your freedom in whatever way you can. And and for me, it's so worth it to feel free on stage for the lifestyle. Because that's what was jeopardized was I wasn't free in the in the moment that I want to be free more than anything was re- I was constricted. There were just huge chunks of my voice that didn't work. So the payoffs are there. The payoff is like once I like have a performance, I'm like, oh, this is all worth it. What's next for you? What do you what is on the horizon? I'm making a new record. We're almost done with it. Hopefully that will be out soon. And also writing. You know, playing, touring, all this stuff. So staying pretty low-key for the next few months in L.A. just to finish finish everything up and hopefully be back out on the road. Great. Doing the do. Okay. This has been really a great conversation. I've so enjoyed getting a chance to to meet you and hear you. I'm going to ask if uh, you'd play us one more. Sure. Okay, fantastic. What do you want to play for us? I'm going to play Who Am I to You. So this one actually kind of in line with what we were talking about earlier. I wrote this thinking about judgment. Mm. thinking about that feeling of what other people think. And I think with religion, you think about that a lot. And I wrote this song at a time when I really was like being loud about not living in that Mormon trajectory. And I just kept thinking like, am I just a complete fool? Like, and if I'm not that complete fool, then who am I to you? Like, am I just, am I the rebel rousing like person who's like, disrespect like who am i you know and i just kept thinking about how are you how are you seen yeah and Mm -hmm. i think also the feeling of 
wow, like the people who I really felt were like kind of doing the same thing as I did, then they kind of just started falling in line. And that's, there's a line in like, I see you fall in line with everything you swore you'd left behind. Mm. So it's like, I saw, I just kept seeing friends going who were like, when we were like young and being like, we're going to speak up and we're going to change and we're going to do something them kind of falling into line of this the same traditional mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. and then just feeling like, okay, what does that make me? So that's why I wrote that song. So yeah. to wrap up today's episode, this is Lord Jean Anderson performing Who Am I to You on Joy Sounds. Well, I see you look at Imagining all the sins that I hold dear I hear you count them just like sheep One too many can't seem to fall asleep But who am I to you? to subscribe and follow joy sounds wherever you listen to podcasts also follow us on all social media platforms using the handle at joy sounds music are you an artist who would like to be on the show 
Visit the contact page of our website at joysoundsmusic.com for more information. Until next time, this is Joy Sounds, music you need to know.